So what I started to do was rent my money out. And so, um, and, and so for me, when I worked my corporate job, remember, I brought my, my savings and my pension and my 401k with me. I could bring that with me. And I learned how to be able to use that money to then go back and lend it to what I would call the underserved community. Because most, most banks are, they're redlining, they're redlining people and they're not giving you an inner city. They'll come in and they'll give these big developers money to run you out of town, but they won't give you any money for you to stay in town to, to do your own projects in your own community. Perfect. What's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where we talk about all things business and investing. And today we have a special guest who's going to talk about how he takes capital. Doesn't have to be his capital either. And he rents the money. We call it money arbitrage. So how, how can you get started renting money versus renting houses? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. It's an interesting topic. I think that Everyone listening to this podcast right now is going to benefit from this. It's going to open up your eyes to another way of making money in the real estate business. Mac Major, what's going on, my man? What's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing fantastic, man. I can't complain about nothing. How about yourself, man? Hey, it's great being here, man. It's just another day. We make, you know, you know how we do. We, we, we collaborate with each other. We make money and, you know, we can do it from the privacy of our own home. So what can Absolutely. we do? Absolutely, man. And, you know, you mentioned that you were in L.A. at the moment, uh, yep. but you have a couple of different residences all yeah. over the United we're in States. Orlando, Detroit, L.A. I mean, yep. so what we do, man. You go from Detroit to Orlando to L.A. to it's just nice to be free and nice to be a real estate investor, isn't it, man? Absolutely, man. I wouldn't have it any other way, man. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, I was as you know, I was in corporate America for 20, 20 plus years. And even though. I was in sales and I had the ability to, to roam and be free and travel. I still felt like I was in handcuffs every day because I didn't control my own destiny at that point in time. So Got you. Got you, man. Hey, that's a perfect segue, man. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? So, you know, for those that don't know me, I've been in this business for over 25 years. So I started in the early 90s, basically flipping properties. I started just kind of, I'm, I've always had the desire to want to do it, but I was out there helping people friend of mine needed some money for uh, for uh, a property that he had, he had inherited from his grandparents. You know, he's like, Mac, I need a few thousand dollars. It's going to go into foreclosure, tax foreclosure. I was like, all right, man, I'll give you the money. He gets three months into the project. He's like, Mac, I can't afford it. So he wound up giving me the project back. I was like, what the heck am I going to do with this property? So I took the property, did, did some work, me and my best friend, threw a renter in there just to, you know, to see if we could just maintain because now I'm out six to I'm out almost $10,000 at that point in time. It was the best mistake that I ever made in my life, man. I mean, when you hear, you said I made the best mistake I ever made in my entire life by helping somebody out. I was able to fix that property up in six months down the road. I sold that property for $52,000 and made a $42,000 profit. Wow. So that's how I really got into the business my heart's always been in the right place, which is to help people. And so me helping somebody led me into what my passion started to be as far as a hobby. And then I just started making money from it. So 
That's how I got into the business about 25 years ago. But the key to how I really got in and really started to expand my business was because when I bought this particular house, there was a blighted property that was right next door to it. It was a corner house. There was a blighted property next door and then another blighted property across the street from that. So I went to the city because I think it's important for people to know that usually for me, I don't use list and all the rest of it like most people do. I usually use my network of my people that I know. Because remember back in the 90s, the internet wasn't the internet that it is today. So I just went to the city, found out who owned the properties, found out once I found out the properties, they had blight tickets that were for thousands of dollars. So the city was going to charge this, this property owner thousands of the, the, the property owner basically said, listen, Matt, I want money for the property. I'm like, it's not worth it. Long story short, I negotiated with them to give me the property for free. I negotiated with the city to get rid of the blight tickets. So basically, I got this, as long as I brought the, the property back up, I got these properties for free. Was able to, to do that, got two properties. So I sold that one for 42 and I sold, excuse me, I got a $42,000 profit for that particular property. And it spun on to these other two properties that I made $50,000 a piece on those properties. So I'm just saying, I use what I had. I used what I had in front of me. I didn't have money. I didn't have a lot of contacts, but I used the resources that I had. So a lot of people want to know, how can I get into this business? And I don't have any money. Use your resources. Never stop. And so, so that's how I really, really got going into this business. I started with one property, wind up getting three and making $150,000 at the age of 22, um, really with, with only $10,000 to my name, really. So nice, man. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I started at 21 years old. Um, I remember you mentioning you're, you're probably a little older than I am. I'm, I'm about to be 40 years old, man. And uh, I'll actually be 51. You're about to be 51. 51. Wow, man. Yeah, I'll be 40 in March. So, you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, did you start this in Detroit or did you start it in Detroit? I started in Detroit. Detroit. Gotcha. Gotcha, man. So you you went from corporate America. Correct. And then you segued into real estate. Did it take a mindset shift for you to be able to do that? So I'm going to tell you you the way it was, man. So when you say did did it take, I I was almost forced out of, of corporate because I was making so much money in, in, in real estate that I could no longer deal with the BS of corporate anymore, to be honest with you. And so I did corporate for 20 years. And, but the reason I stayed in the corporate, I was making so much more money in real estate. But I'm going to tell you, man, and this is, this, is, this is the real deal. And I tell everybody, I didn't stay in corporate because of the corporate money, even though there was corporate private jets. There was, I had tickets to go to every sporting event that you could want to go to in any state because I had clients and customers all over the world. Mm-hmm. But the main reason that I stayed in was the relationships that I made. And then also there wasn't that many people of color in upper management. And so if I left my role at that point in time, there was going to be a lot of doors that were going to be shut for other minorities in the business right. world. Because they were not allowing minorities to easily be able to maneuver to different uh, levels in management if you didn't have an advocate. So with me leaving, I was the only, uh, really, I was almost the only black person that was in upper management. And not only that, there was nobody really in middle management to bring people along. So I felt almost compelled to stay to make sure that I could further the cause for, for minorities in corporate America. 
thinking ahead, man. That's pretty dope, man. I, I like, I love that story, man. I really do. And we're doing the same thing in the real estate business, right? Just letting people uh, know that, you know, real estate is uh, widely diverse Correct. and anybody can make money. It doesn't matter what your background is. I grew up Correct. in the projects. We come from similar backgrounds, things like that, but we made it right. And we're, we're here exactly. to show other people that they can make it as well. And, and that's what it's all about, man. But obviously, so getting, getting, back, getting back to your question, you're like, mm -hmm. hey, was it a hard transition to get to from corporate? I would say that if I wasn't making so much money in real estate, it would have been harder because it's like, oh, I'm going out on a limb. But I made sure that I used all. So I used my actual corporate connections to make sure that I had all the mm. bank financing. I had everything laid out. I'm going to tell you, man, when I started now, remember, remember banks, when I first started, it was really difficult to get in and get money. But by the time the 2000, 1999-2000s, remember, I was getting all of these properties from this servicing company. And at that point in time, man, I could literally call up Wells Fargo and say, listen, I just bought this new property. Man, I'm telling you, these properties I would get for three, $4,000 max. That's because basically uh, what I need to do. Um, I need a line of credit for $80,000. The property's worth $80,000. Okay, well, Mac, we can give you 80% uh, of that. I would have lines of credit for each and every property that I had, just with a phone call. Do you want that in a check or do you want that in a credit card? Uh, just leave it in the account. Um, I'll pull it basic, basically based on a check. Mm -hmm. I had 60 properties that all were at 80% uh, of $80,000. I had $64,000 notes and I had I can't even tell you how many properties I had. And I would just I would just stack up these lines of credit, man. And just when I got to it, I would actually do the work, pull out all the money. So when I actually sold the property, it didn't look like I made any money because I, I leveraged that mortgage, even though to the max, I pull out the money, then I would sell it for the $64,000 or whatever it was. So it looked like I didn't make any money on, on any of these deals. So it's just over time. I mean, I know it's a different concept now, but back then, if you understood how to use the, my corporate relationships and getting financing with what I was doing in the field, and I just married the, married the streets with corporate, and it was like, boom. Yeah, man. So, I, I'm, I'm, you know, that's an interesting uh, solution there, man, because at the end of the day, you know, guys, like, for, for example, for me, I'm just using myself as an example. I didn't have a corporate job. I didn't have a job at all. So it was like end all. This was the end all be all for me. Right. So I didn't have that W2. I couldn't get financing because right. you know how the, the lenders, you know how yeah. the lenders work. They want to see yeah. that you have a consistent income for at least two years. So right. I didn't have that. It was a little difficult for me. I had to uh, really search around looking for that private funds to get started in your situation. And this is for the people who have a job out there right now that want to leave their job. Most right. people that I talk to that want to leave, don't understand why they want to leave. They probably hate their, hate what they do. So they think, but you can really use what you have right now. Like Max said, to benefit your real estate business until you're able to leave. There's a, there's a difference between wanting to leave and then being able to leave. So if you have, let's say a, a W2 paying job, it's easier for you to get financing. Uh, when you have a W9 like me, when, when I started self-employed, you can't, it, it's not, it's not that easy to get financing. It's difficult. It's difficult. I can tell you, man, it's even, 
even when I was making $60,000 a year, it's still easier. I could have $2 million in the bank today. It was still easier for me to get a loan when I made $60,000 than I'm yep. being self-employed with $2 million in the bank today. It could be 3 million. It, it could be five. It really doesn't matter. They want to see that steady income that in their mind, they're trying to say, you got to have a W-2, you got to have a steady income. You gotta, so if that's the way the system works, use the system for what the systems, you know, use it, work, work within their system to get what you need right. until it's time, until you've made it to the other side and you don't need that. But I can tell you, just like you said, and, and we don't have to segue to this now, but I just want to throw it out there that because I knew what it was like for all of the people who I was dealing with that didn't have a W-2 job is why I got into the lending space in the first place. So we don't have to go there now, but that's one of the main reasons because if you don't have what I, ha what I had, you may not have an opportunity to even play in the playground. That's right. That's right, man. And we're, we're definitely going to uh, take a deep dive into that lending space and you know how you uh, use the funds in order to, to rent money, even if it's not your money. Right. Money arbitrage. We, we mentioned that already, man. But, you know, really quickly, what were some of the obstacles that you faced uh, stepping into the real estate business and growing? So what I would say to, you know, so remember when I started, when I started back in the in the business, there was. So remember, you know, and you guys that are a little bit younger, there's a lot of people that, that have a social presence right now. So you having a social presence uh, almost gives you immediate credibility if you got some bling or some flash to go with it. <laughs> it wasn't like that when I came up. You had to spend 15, 20 years to prove that you were who you were and that you went through enough battle scars to show that you were worthy to be to sit at the table. You know what I'm saying? You know, now you can go rent a watch, rent a car, rent a house, do whatever you yep. want to show. So back in the day, I had to show my credibility. So I had to go out and I, I went and got a builder's license. I went out and got a real estate license. Even though I didn't use them, I had to be credentialed for you to believe that I was worthy enough to be able to work in that space, to go out and get lines of credit at the supply houses and all the rest of it. So not only was it that I had to actually go and put in a time and a work from a credential standpoint, I still had to go to the banks to prove that I had to do it. But you have to remember too, man, within the communities, I wanted to bring all the people up in my community that was around me. I wanted to bring up my best friend and the people that were there. But the way that it worked out, I'm going to tell you the way it worked out when we first started was that I was going to buy the property because I had the cash and I had the credit to be able to, if we needed to buy, and they were going to use their 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 ability to do, to do the work, the construction side of it. And not only the construction side, they were going to be buying material. So I was going to buy the properties and then they were going to go ahead. And so the biggest issue I had, man, was I then had over time, I had to buy the, buy the property. I had to buy the material. And by the time it was all said and done, I had to pay these people that were because they didn't they didn't have the work in the business uh, ethics to actually and the mentality to go out there and be able to, to, to survive. But remember, I'm telling you, man, at the end of every month, we were making about $40,000 a month. But these guys were not conditioned to be able to save and to work. So, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, and but at the end of the month, after they started out, I was, listen, so if you understand, I was going to buy it. They were going to bring this, the, the material and the labor. Then I had to buy it. Then I had to start providing the material. 
Then I had to start paying for the labor. And then at the end of the month, man, you know what they said? What's that? Where's my half? Where's my half? And I'm like, your half is no longer your half anymore because I've provided everything that you were supposed to. I'm still going to give you your cut, but it's not half anymore. So then there started to be this separation between, well, you're making all the money and I'm not, but I'm like, well, I'm, I'm risking everything. I'm risking everything to make sure that we all have. So if I don't have, I can't give to you. I can't spread the love and, and, and the wealth between all of us. So, so that was one. So I had to go out, like I said, that's when I had to go out and get my own crews. I had to mm-hmm. get my licenses. I have to get my real. So I had to go build my whole organization. Even though I wanted to use my people, I couldn't anymore. And so that was one of the biggest challenges, man, is really having the infrastructure. So that's, that's when we talk about putting the people, in, the people in place to be successful. So that was one of my biggest challenges, having the right people in place. You know, it's funny, man. Just listening to your story sounds so similar to my story, man, um, with the exception of the corporate uh, job situation. Right. So when I first started in this business, I had, you know, a, a guy who's a little older than me, really good friend of mine, even till today. Uh, he's like a big brother to me. Uh, he's probably about your age, maybe a little a, a little younger. Um, difference was um, I was putting in all the effort, but I was kind of teaching him what I was doing at the same time. Uh, when it comes to real estate. And it was like, I was expending all of uh, the resources, all basically he wasn't bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. Um, I was, I felt like I was, I was pulling him up yeah. Uh, yeah. versus both of us kind of elevating each other. Uh, so we did, um, we, we did have a real estate company uh, where we did a deal or two, but after he made some money and, you know, he wanted to go open up his, do his own thing. Uh, that was kind of a blessing for me to be able to kind of go out and do my own thing. I'm a, I'm a very loyal person. You know, if I start something with you, I want to finish it. Right. But um, in that case, he decided that he wanted to go build something different. And uh, you know, it, it was the best thing that happened to me real estate wise. Cause I was able to really catapult my business. Cause I didn't feel like I had any weight on my shoulders at that point, man. So great, great story, man. I, I totally understand exactly, exactly where you're coming from with that, man. So why don't we talk about the, the money part, right? So that's what our listeners want to hear today, right? They want, to, they want us to talk about how you're able to use your resources, whether you have the money in a bank or not, and arbitrage the money, rent the money out to other investors right. or other business owners to make money. Why don't we give them, a, let's say, a, a five-step process on how they can do it, even if they had minimal capital right now? So one of the things that I, I want to say is early on in the game, and I, and I want to I want to most definitely get to that point, but early mm-hmm. on in the game, I realized that being a landlord was not going to be the best option because there are professional renters out there that that purposefully jump from property to property with very little to the, even if they have to give a security deposit, that might be the, the in first month, that might be the last payment that they decide to make. It may be. And so for me, I, I learned that, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get a, what I would call a corporate or a building or a nonprofit tenant where they basically manage everything um, if I'm going to have a, a building. But but why I, before I learned what I learned now, I said, I'm not going to lo- no longer rent a property. I'm going to rent my money and I'm going to rent my money to people 
who know that I know that they need this money to be successful because they don't have options. So like when, you know, you and I have, have spoken on the past where, you know, you didn't really have that corporate job. This was everything to you and you being successful with your flips and making money really determined whether or not you were going to eat or not. That's right. Okay? And so for me, I like to lend to people. So people might, you know, depending on other people, they may say that's risky because they have nothing. But when you have nothing, that's all you got. Somebody's giving you their time and they've given you money. So you have to make this work because if it doesn't work, what else are you going to do? So what I started to do was rent my money out. And so um, and, and so for me, when I worked my corporate job, remember, I brought my, my savings and my pension and my 401k with me. I could bring that with me. And I learned how to be able to use that money to then go back and lend it to what I would call the underserved community. Because most, most banks are they're redlining, they're redlining people and they're not giving you an inner city. They'll come in and they'll give these big developers money to run you out of town, but they won't give you any money for you to stay in town to, to do your own projects in your own community. So I'm like, I'm not letting that happen. Just like I was the advocate for us when we were in corporate America, I'm now an advocate for us now in the real estate world. And so nobody, I went to, man, I'm telling you, I went to every hedge fund, I went to every bank saying, listen, let's get back to these communities, let's not do it. Let's not let these people run these people out. They were in it, they were giving money to other people and they didn't want us to have it. So I know I'm going off, but so I went to everybody to get us money, man. And so this is when we talk about how can you infuse other people's monies into the city? And so when nobody would give me money, I started to go to friends and family, okay? So this is how you actually start to be able to lend money that's not your money to other people that are trying to do the right thing to bring up their community um, and put some money in their pockets. And so that, that's what I did. I went to close friends and families that had 401ks, that had money who had accumulated, you know, 20, 20 years worth of work. And now you could borrow their money to actually lend to other people. So there's points, there's fees, and then there's interest that comes back. Most people who are in the stock market, the average, when you look at it, they make five to 7%. Based on the deals, so remember in most urban areas, there's the value add because, because the properties are probably in distress. You're buying them at a low dollar amount. It may cost you a little bit more money to get into a loan, but based on the spread, the difference between what the value add is, there's a ton of money that's in there. Right. So let's say if, if somebody, you know, you can get a property for, you know, seventy-five dollars or $100,000, you go ahead and you borrow that money from from somebody who has the money, they may charge them just say four points. Let's just make it easy. They charge them four points to originate fees and all the rest of it. So, and they're going to get just say 12% interest, 12% interest back on, a, on an annual basis. And remember, I told you, if you have your money in a bank, you're only earning 1%. So why would you have $100,000 or $200,000 in the bank and earn 1% when you can actually earn 12%? So what we do is we go out and we get those people to loan us money and we make points on the front end, just say it's four points. So right off the bat, if we're giving somebody um, a loan for $100,000 and we're making four points, that means we're making $4,000 on the inception or the origination of that loan. Right. They may get $2,000, you may get $2,000 just for originating that loan. So you say, well, so if you're out there flipping properties or you're doing flipping contracts or you're doing whatever you want to call wholesaling or whatever else you're doing, 
and you're getting $2,000, you may be able to do get a wholesale fee plus go out and try to rent somebody else's money and make an additional fee on top of that because well, that's what you do. You know why this is so interesting, especially for wholesalers? Because at the end of the day, all you're really doing is wholesaling money. That's exactly. it, right? That's it. Or if you're a landlord, renting money, right? So what Mac is saying is you're, let's say, for example, you knew somebody who needed $100,000 and you had somebody else who had a hundred thousand dollars. All you're going to do is charge the person who needs the one hundred thousand dollars a premium up front, right? That's what private lenders and hard money lenders do. Uh, unless it's true private money, then you know that's a, a different story. But you know it could be anywhere from three, from two to five points, right? So I would charge five points on on a hundred grand. That's five thousand dollars. You could even split that with the person who's lending you the money make $2,500 up front. Then if your person who's lending you the money uh, lends you the money at, let's say, 5% interest, you can charge literally 10%, 12%, 15% interest on top of that in order to create uh, a nice spread for yourself as well. So you don't necessarily need money to make money. Right. As long as you have the connections and the resources who who has the money to be able to do it and you got to work really. So so you bring up an excellent it's really in real estate and almost anything that you're doing that you're making money. It's the art of the deal. It may not even be the deal itself. It's the art of the deal and how to put that deal together to make sure that you can make money on it. And that's really the key. A lot of people ask me, Mac, what the hell do you do? I put deals together and I understand the dynamics of that deal to, to, to put it together. I mean, it's like, well, you just, people don't really know how to tap into me because it seems like it's something that's kind of pie in the sky type things, but it is pie in the sky because I make stuff out of, not, well, I'm not going to say I make stuff. I see stuff that people don't see and I make it into a money-making opportunity. Right. And so it's so to me, it's not you can't always touch it. And so people that can't touch things don't always know how to tap into that. Right. Right. Um, so so if we had to. So if our listeners, if they had access to capital. Right. Yes. Um, well, let's say that they I, don't have I wanna, access. But what, I want to say one thing that you said, because I think it's mm-hmm. so important because I, I don't want to glaze over the point that you made. There's the front end points and then there's the back end points. And so you with you not having a dime in your pocket, but knowing the right people, you could make anywhere between two points in the front. And even if you made two points on the back end. So remember on a hundred thousand dollar loan and just say you had, it was a 12% interest rate and you're just say the monthly payment was a thousand dollars. Theoretically over, you know, if the mortgage, so you got just say it's a $12,000 note and you were making, you know, 2% of that, that means that you get a portion of that every month. So when we talk about residual income, you get your money, your lump sum up front, and then every month until that loan is paid off, just say you're going to make $300 a month on that loan. And so for me, the way I do it is that I do that thing, but I do it with millions of dollars per week. So just say it's my money and I'm selling my notes at the end of the week. Just say I had a million dollars and I loaned a million dollars out every week. $40,000 a week, man. $40,000 a week on the front side. Now that's that's just if it's four points, not including any fees or anything else. $40,000 on the front and then every month, just say I got two points on the back end. 
All I'm saying is you have, and, and, and so as you grow, now it's a million dollars this week, it's $2 million the next week, it's $3 million, even though, so, so you're getting these $40,000 a month, I mean a week, plus all of this residual income that comes in, you could be getting $50,000 a month in residual income, not including the points that you're getting up front. So it's a very lucrative business. And when people say, well, what do you do? I don't really even really, to be honest, if it wasn't you, man, I, I don't even talk about the business, but that's how I make my money and what I do. And that's why I just sit there quiet most of the times, unless there's something that's really pressing. I mean, I know it all when it comes to the real estate portion of it, but I don't really talk about my lending piece because it's a very, very lucrative business. Oh, absolutely, man. And, I, and, I, and look, you know, I've arbitraged money throughout the years as well lent money throughout the years. I totally understand the back end, which is, you know, it's nice to have friends in that business as well, like you, man. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, jumping on this podcast to, to, to talk about this stuff, man, because like you said, you won't even talk about it. Most people don't. So it's nice to want to educate people yes. uh, to let them know that there's another side to the business because you don't have to buy houses if you're in real estate in order to make money. There's so many other ways. I, you know, I just did a video on on this on my YouTube channel. I think it was called like my top nine ways of making money in real estate or something like that. Uh, I'll pop it up at the top uh, of, of this video. But you know, my, my point in doing that is to show people that, yes, I have a real estate business, but I make so much money from sub uh, uh, subcategories of that real estate business that it really, even if my real estate business was to flop today, I would still be fine. Right. And this is just one of those strategies, right? If you don't have money or if you did have money and you don't know what to do with your money, or you don't have the time to go out and look for deals, right? And, and we'll talk about that in just a moment as well. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you, you can literally create income in real estate. And even if you, let's say you had some money put to the side and you just didn't want to go out searching for deals, when you have access to money, the, the, the deals come to you. They come to you. They come right? to you. Absolutely. They come to you because everybody, one thing that's, that, that's most important, man, everybody needs money. I that's mean, right. money makes the world go round. And really, to be honest with you, man, I always tell, you know, we always talk, but money, money is, money is real, but it really, it's really not. It's, it's just, paper. it's just pay, it is, it's paper, it's paper and it's paper that you don't even touch most of the time. I can't tell you if somebody went to rob me ever, they would be so disappointed because I never have paper or coin money on me. It's all electronic. So there's so much that you can do with other people's money without you even holding on to it. And so when you open up people's minds, it's just a whole different world out there. That's right. A whole different world, man. That's right. And, and, and think about it like this. And, and I'm sure you'd agree with me too, Mac. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Think about what banks do, right? Banks, they lend money to real uh, property owners, right? Real estate investors, homeowners, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But really banks are in the money industry. All they do is move money, squeeze themselves in, in, in between the money and make money off of the money that you put in the bank. Yeah. That's exactly, it's called they, money they arbitrage. One, they give you 1% and then they use on credit card, you paying 20% credit card rates and they're only giving you 1%, but yep. they're charging you 26% or 25. I mean, 
who does that? You got to be the bank because that's where the money's at, man. I mean, money arbitrage at its finest, the bank. So if you look at some of the biggest institutions in the world, they're banks, right? Yes. And everybody needs a bank in order to, to be able to get from point A to point B. And this right. is what we're talking about today. How you can start small. You can start off as a gap lender. Let's say you only had an extra $1,000. Somebody needed $1,000 to get into a deal. You charge 500 bucks to, to, to use your $1,000, right? Uh, that, that's a start. Turn 1,000 into 1,500. Turn 1,500 into three grand, three grand into six, and keep flipping up the money. That's how this and works. And that's, and, that's all, and that's all legal. That's not yep. on the flipping money and whatever else. This is all legal ways to be able to make money in real estate. So. Absolutely, man. Listen, Mac, man, this, this is, I mean, this is, this might go over some people's heads, you know what I mean? But I, I really, I, I appreciate you breaking it down into a simple format that people can understand, right? So if it did go over your head, guys, I want you to go back and listen to this podcast again. Uh, there's so many key points in this podcast that you can learn from. Just understanding that, you know, real estate is not necessarily the end all be all, mm-hmm. right? There's so many different ways of making money. Yeah. And this is just one way that you can use money, even in the real estate business, to be able to really go from where you are right now to where you want to go. And, and you guys know how I feel about you know, that journey that it's going to take to get there, right? There's a journey going from point A to point B and point B being your, your uh, you know, whatever your, your goals are, right? So, so no matter... Mm-hmm. One one of the things I want I want to do, man, is I want to tell I want to tell some I mean everybody just my simple formula what I do and I don't spend a dime I've done this and not spent a dime so you know in the in the industry man um, most people come to me with their threshold if they're an investor they tell me their threshold of what they want to spend okay. So most people are like, I'm like, well, what do you want? Well, I want a property that costs, uh, I want to be in a $100,000 range, selling it at the $200,000 range. I mean, I don't know if you deal with people that are that come to you and say, hey, you know, that's what I want to do. This is the price range I want to be in. Have you yep. ever, you yep. ever experienced that? So me, me being the wholesaler hat, I'm like, all right, let me go out and get them a property, $70,000, $80,000. They want to be in a $100,000 range, Okay. This is not taking advantage of anybody. This is making sure that there's money on the table for that person to make. And I'll go to them and I'll say, well, how much do you want to make? They're like, listen, as long as I make 20 grand, I just want to get in. and I want to make about 20 grand on the flip. So I don't know, man. Do you, I mean, when, when you talk to people, I mean, is 20 grand a good number for somebody to make on a flip if they if they're contracting it out? whatever else. I mean, they're making 20 grand in their pocket. I mean, so that's why people come to me. I'm like, okay, well, if that's your target, we can make you 20 grand. So just real quick. So 20 grand, I'll go out and get them a property, 80,000, 90,000. So I can make a little bit of money on the wholesale side. Okay. So I've made 10 to $15,000 right off the rip. They're going to make, they, in their mind, they want to make 20 grand. I've almost made what they made. Normally, to be honest with you, I'd go out and get a property around 80, sell it to them 400. Then I'm going to do the loan on it. Okay. Now, this isn't me. This is just, this is wholesaling now. I, have, I, don't, I haven't spent any money. I haven't done anything. So now I'm going to lend money. It doesn't have to be my money. So I'm going to do the points on it. Okay. Now, usually, sometimes I even get them off the MLS and get an MLS fee on top of the spread that I already got. So I might be at 2023, 20, just starting out. I've made just as much as money as they have, and I haven't done anything. Now I'm loaning the money. 
Now I'm making money just on the transaction of the loan. Now I may get a back end spread off the money that's not even my money that I'm getting making another five or $600 a month. Then on top of that, they may say, listen, Mac, I need a contractor. I may not do the work, but I'll go out there and get them a contractor and the contractor shoot me a thousand or 2000 for helping them get the job, okay? Sometimes they ask me to project manage for them because they don't have the time to do it. And I know the contract, I might get a couple of thousand dollars just to project manage. Not only that, man, they may need a realtor at the end. They're selling it at two at $200,000. I'll go ahead and sell it and get 3% of that. So I'm gonna get another 6,000. By the time this transaction is done, even though I haven't really done anything, I may make $35,000 $35, off the deal, never using a dime of my own money. And now I've, they, they're happy. They've got a $100,000 property that sold at $200,000. They made twenty dollars to $25,000 and everybody's happy. And I haven't spent one dime of my own money in that whole process. Talk to them, Mac. At the end of the day, you know, that's arbitrage at its finest, man. You're literally squeezing yourself and providing not only squeezing yourself, but you're providing services, but not lifting a finger all the way through a deal, man. So you can wholesale the deal to somebody, make some money, lend them the money to rehab the house, do the work for them on, on the contracting you know, side of things, make some money that way, sell the property for them as a realtor, a full blown service. Talk to them, man. This is uh, that's how you make money in real estate, mm-hmm. right? Using other none of your own money, just using your resources. Yep. Just your resources. That's right. That's right, man. So look, Mac, you know, obviously we can't cover everything about money arbitrage and how you actually make money in the business on one podcast. I would love to have you back in the future, man, and uh discuss in more detail what uh what what it is that you actually do. Quick question for you, man. If our listeners wanted to get in contact with you. Uh, just to have you lend them some money. <laughs> where, where where should they go? I know you're on Clubhouse with me just about yeah. every day. Uh, where else can they go to reach out to you? So you can go to always. You can go to my Instagram page at Mac Major. That's M A C K M A J O R underscore R E I. Or you can go to my website. It's called House Tours. H O U S E T U R dot com. That has all of my my lend. It's my lending portal. Um, it gives you a bio of my background, all the jobs that I have and what I do. Uh, but feel free to, to most definitely hit me on Instagram or my website. And I'm here to help. I mean, having good people like you, man, uh, as a resource, spreading the knowledge to people, educating them on a regular basis and letting them. Sometimes it takes multiple times for people to hear, but hopefully it soaks in. And if it doesn't, hopefully they hit you up or they hit me up. And uh, let's get them making money. Let's let everybody get a chance to make the money that we make, man, and have the opportunities that we have. So that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. Now, are you are you currently lending at this at this point as well, or yeah, I'm currently lending in most major cities. Um, you know, I'll look at any deal that comes across my my plate, and if if I can't, I'll find somebody who can lend lend to you. Um, or if I can't, I'll tell you why we can't lend to you. Yeah. you know, sometimes people come to me and it's just not a good deal. And I'm and one of my biggest things for all of those that are listeners, every deal is not a good deal. That's and right. So I'm going to tell you that it's not a good deal because I want you to be successful and I'm not going to lend my money on a bad deal either. So, you know, but I want you to be successful. So a lot of people may be brokering other people's money and they don't really care whether or not you're successful. But people like me and your man, Jay, we care about you. So we're going to make sure that you're successful 
that you don't go, I mean, we go do everything in our power to make sure that you are, you have to execute, but we're going to put all the things in front of you to, for you to be successful. That's right. That's right, man. Now, are you reading any books right now? You know what, man? The crazy thing about it is, you know, I spend more time, I would say, more on my meditation side than I do reading other people's information, to be gotcha. honest with you. Um, and, and I use, and I'm also, and so for me, man, another thing that I do, I use my time to really learn other languages and to read, to build my network. Um, and I use, so I use more of the, what I would say the, like I said, I'm old school. I use more of the, the public where, you know, exchange of information with people. I mean, I'll talk to people like, like I have meetings with, with these people who, who do, who, who deal with stars and deal with millions of dollars only because I want to understand what their strategies mm -hmm. are and what they're using for these high net worth people. So I can filter it down to our people. And so for me, I get a cliff note version from somebody who's actually wrote the book versus me actually reading a book. And so, and, and you, you may have to build your, yourself up to that, but what I want to do is come back, man, and share these, these, these strategies with you on your podcast so we can disseminate with the big boys with, with, with some serious wealth. Because they say those people who are rich want to be visible. Those that are wealthy are invisible. So I want to teach us all how we can get to be invisible and work behind. And so we're, we're on these platforms, but most of these rich people, they're on these platforms. But I want us to get to the point where we can take the wealthy and start sharing this information to help make people rich before we can make them wealthy. Robin Hood, man, I love it. And that's definitely going to that, that should be our sequel right there, man. So we, we should definitely plan out for that. Hey, man, uh, if you had to give any last words to our listeners, what would that be? I want people to start where you are and start today. If you if you believe that that you feel in your heart that real estate is what you want to do, it doesn't have to be your end goal. Mm. But this has provided me so many opportunities. Get involved. If you don't know what to do, get yourself educated. If you don't know where, reach out to either one of us. We'll get you in the right path because really education is the key. Knowledge is power. So I would say start today learning something, make a move, do a joint venture. Remember, 100% of nothing is nothing. Get into the game, get a piece, don't be greedy. Absorb as much knowledge, make some good contacts, and go make that money. And remember, half a loaf is better than none. Exactly. You know what I mean? So if you get half of something, be appreciative of it because you learn something along the way. So it's really more valuable than you think. Mac Major, man, excellent, excellent podcast. Quickly became one of my favorite podcasts that we put out and we have plenty of podcasts out there, man. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to jump on the line. I appreciate you guys listening as well. I'm going to link all of Max information in the description box in the show notes of this podcast. Be sure to reach out to him. And if you missed anything in this podcast, make sure you listen to it again in order to really pick up those golden nuggets. There were so many hidden gems in this podcast. If you guys didn't catch it, you really need to go back and listen to it again. I appreciate you guys listening today. Mac, I appreciate your time today as well, man. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com. Or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash Jamel Gibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook, 
slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to REI Education Academy. Com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.